This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, your patience. Thank you for your merciful goodness, Lord, always continually towards us. And thank you, Lord, that you are a giver. And Lord, we had nothing to do with it. It's just your nature. You're the greatest giver of all. We thank you so much for the gift of your son. Thank you, Jesus, that you came and did become one of us. We're so, so thankful and so blessed to know you. And we give you thanks today as we, Lord, as you speak to us, and we call upon the Holy Spirit to speak to each and every heart. And we give you all the thanks and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I'm going to talk about why we give, why we need to be that generous giver. And, you know, God has a system of doing things. When you look at the uh, scriptures, he has a financial system that we need to get on board with. We need to do things his way. How many have tried your way? How many know that there's a better way and God's way is the best way? So we need to, to do things his way. And it doesn't mean that it will be convenient. doesn't mean that it's always the easiest way. And I, I told you last week how starting to tithe was a very difficult thing for us. And I was thinking that was probably almost 40 years ago when that happened. But uh, we took a stand and there was God. God, uh, he, he passed the test, believe it or not. He's faithful to his word. He believes the Bible. And he authored it. And it is the truth. And we can stand on it. And we can believe in it. So giving is something that I believe when we do it, we're stirring up the very nature of Christ inside of us. Because, like I said, he's the greatest giver of all. So just a little bit of review. Uh, we talked about tithing being that first step. And tithing is giving the first 10% of your income to God through your local church. And when you do that, you're putting God first. You're honoring him. You're saying, I put my trust in you as my source. Even though I have to have money and finances to live in this world, I trust you above that. So we give the tithe. In fact, in Malachi 3, we saw Jesus, or God say, return to me and I will return to you. Now, who takes the initiative in that? We do. We take the first step. He said, Return to me, and I'll return to you. He says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Have you ever thought about that promise? He has promised you. You need to hear from God. You need him. He said, draw near. If you will draw near with your heart to him, he will draw near God of the universe the God who created us, created the universe, will draw near to you. 
that just, that's staggering when you think about it. But he will. His word is truth. It's a guarantee. I mean, he will do it. But tithing is a win-win situation because your tithe provides for the, the church. It costs money to keep doors hanging right, to get new doors. It, it costs money for utilities to keep a, a team, it, to have resources. It costs money. But God uses the, the tithe to resource the church, and plus, he blesses you. He takes the 90% that is left, and he blesses it. He blesses your ground for harvest and increase. Because we saw last week there's a curse in the earth that was from the fall of man, from the fall of Adam. There's a curse. And we need the blessing of the Lord on our finances. How many recognize that? We need God's hand on our finances. So he puts his hand on that 90% that is left, and we get, so much more comes out of that 90% than you'd ever get out of 100% without him with a curse on your money. Our God is a good God. And he can cause favor to come on you in, in ways that will surprise you. It doesn't have to just be money. People can just turn around and just bless you and, and, and give to you. I met Coles the other, other day uh, getting something for Ellen Kay. And she, um, I forgot the coupons and all that stuff, as us men sometimes do. I had it laying out for you. I placed it in your hand. Said, yeah, that was just too obvious. <laughs> what you had to do was stick it in my wallet and then stick the wallet in my pants. And then we had an outside chance. At <laughs> Never mind. But this, this uh, young girl, she says, you got any coupons? I said, no. She said, I'm going to get you coupons. And she goes and she gets me coupons. And then she said, uh, I don't know how she did this, but she took 15, what was it, $15 off. And she had some other little thing that she pulled that I, I don't know. It was just favor. So I go back the next day to do what I didn't complete the first day. Stop the elbowing out there. I know you're perfect people, but, you know, it's just me. So I go back to complete what I didn't complete the first day, and there she is. She says, I can save you some money. <laughs> Don't buy this. I will give you some. And um, I said, well... And it was coat hangers. And I said, what do yours look like? Do yours look like these? Because I had instruction to get these. <laughs> she said, well, no, they don't look like this with a little fuzz on the hanger. I said, well, 
I'm, I'm on a mission and I'm following directions. I will stick with this even though it would save us money. Once again, she said, do you have coupons? I said, no. She said, I've got some for you. Enough of that. Let's move on. Because I got to watch myself. Ellen is in here this morning. So. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. And people say, well, what about the, the missionaries, the, the, the evangelists, the the uh, prophets, uh, apostles, you know, these traveling ministers, what about them? I, I feel sorry for them if the church is getting the tithe. Stop. They get an offering everywhere they go. And like us, we support monthly those that we're supporting, whether they're here or not. And studies have been shown that the 95 percent of the funding for ministries outside of the church are funded by those that tithe to their local church. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was. But you'll always have two trees in your garden, tree of life and tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One tree belongs to God. And that tree is first fruits, the tithe that we give and honor him. Adam was to harvest uh, and manage the garden, but one tree was to be first fruits unto God, the tithe. So why should we cultivate a generous spirit? Why should we? 1 Timothy 6, verse 18, it says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Bottom line is, we give, we're generous because we're commanded to. The Bible says to. God says to. Here's the thing, what he commands us to do, he rewards us for doing it. There's two trees in your garden, but it's not there to get you to fall. It's, get, it's there where he can reward you. It's there for reward because when, when there is no choice, there's no grounds for re reward. So God rewards your good decisions to obey him because he gives us free will choice. So we choose him. In Psalms 37, 21, there's so many scriptures on being generous. And Paul talks about it. It's just all over. But Psalms 37, verse 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Who's the most generous that exists? God. He's a generous God. In fact, the Bible says he will withhold no good thing from you. He's not withholding anything from you. Studies show the one who benefits most from generosity is the one being generous. 
Well, I could have saved them some money from their study because Proverbs eleven seventeen says, The merciful, kind, and generous man benefits himself. For his deeds return to bless him, but he who is cruel and callous to the wants of others brings on himself retribution. So what you give out comes back to you. And God says what you give out will come back to you multiplied because I blessed you and I've called you to be a blessing and you're obeying me and I'm going to reward you. What a deal. Let me see. Choose life or death. Choose God's way or the devil's way. It's not a hard choice. Proverbs 11, verse 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I found out that when you're generous, it, it stirs something on the inside of us to change. To, uh, it, it causes a a moving of the Spirit of God inside of us for change, for growth, to move forward in our lives. And I believe it's change that wouldn't be there unless we gave. I believe God starts working on the inside of us when we're a giver. And how many agree at Christmas it's so much fun to give those gifts, isn't it? It's fun to give. Well, something stirs by the Spirit to even change and move forward in your life. I've seen people that have given and all of a sudden they have a desire to increase and go to school. Happened to me. Started tithing, started giving. I'm going to school. Went to engineering school. Why? There was a desire in me to do more. Yes, God wants you to enjoy life, but it's not all about us. It's about blessing someone else. And you get blessed again as, as you bless someone else. It's awesome. It gives you a forward momentum in our lives. In Luke chapter 12, verse 13, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me, a made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? He said to them, take heed, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will put down my barns and build greater. There will, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The lesson that Jesus has given us here, it's not wrong to be successful. It's not wrong to, um, 
to be, build a, a business or be successful in whatever you set your hand to do. It's not wrong to be rich, to have wealth. But if you're not rich towards God, if it's all about you, if you're just but self, God calls you a fool because it's all about you. And you've lost sight of the nature of God on the inside of you. It's his nature is to give. And we're to be generous givers. This man, it doesn't say that, you know, he was, he lacked integrity or he was a thief or anything like that. It was just all about him heaping upon himself. And many people have huge savings, and it's good to save for your future, but they never ask God, what do you want me to do with my finances? You never put him in control. You might be surprised what he'll tell you. His problem was he was not rich towards God. His accumulation of wealth was all about himself. Those rich towards God have a heart to accumulate the world's riches, not just to enrich themselves, but to be a blessing to those around them, to bless others, to expand the kingdom of God, to touch Father's heart. In Philippians 4, verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, forget it, Thessalonica, thank you. You sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Here's Paul. I guess he's commending them. Then he turns around. I didn't ask for a gift from y'all. <laughs> but he's saying, but fruit for your account. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense if you're just looking in the natural. You mean I'm giving out of my natural account. I'm taking out money to fund Paul. And he says, I want it to be fruit or addition to your account. Where is that account? There must be something that I don't understand. Because my bank, my, I'm looking here, it's less than it was before. There is a heavenly account. You're to have two accounts. And that's what happened to the rich man we just read about. He just had one account. Or, or maybe his heavenly account was empty. He, never, he wasn't rich towards God. This account, scriptures tell us that moth and, and, and the thief cannot steal. It's protected. And you're talking about drawing interest, heavenly interest on it. <laughs> it's good stuff. A heavenly account. Jesus is saying your heavenly account is more important than your earthly account. 
Scriptures tell us don't lay up treasures for yourself on the earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. My treasures on this earth is not why I put my trust in. I put my trust in him. So I give to his account, to my account in heaven. Now here's the good thing. You can make a withdrawal from the account here on this earth. You can call upon it in faith and you can make a withdrawal. And God can supply a need out of that account while you're walking here in this earth. Hallelujah. So I, I, I want to challenge you. If you're, if you're tied there, I want to challenge you to be a generous giver. I want to see you take a step to go beyond the tithe and experience the adventure of giving because that's when you get that return. God through the tithe, takes off the curse from your ground, and now you can plant seed, and you can see increase. If you never planted a seed where you've seen the harvest from it, where you know that that harvest came from that seed, you need to, because it's an adventure. It's awesome to see what God will do when you plant a seed and give. Hallelujah. So tithing is the key. It opens up the windows of heaven, removes the curse from the remaining 90%. The offering is your seed, just like a farmer plants a seed and the harvest comes. And good thing is God gives seed to the sower. We're going to look at that in a minute. But if you want to sow some seed, he will give you seed. He will give you money or, or something somehow to give to bless others. And we're talking about money here. Let me say being generous, having a generous spirit is more than money. You can have a generous spirit being kind to someone and, and spending time with them or maybe overlooking a fault that they have and loving them anyway and praying for them, forgiving them. You can have a generous spirit uh, in so many ways and we're to have that for people. And we are talking about finances this morning. But I want you to understand, generosity should be in your love walk. That you have a generous spirit that you want to bless others by being kind to them and serving them. Smiling to them. Reaching out to them. Being generous to invite them to church. Or share some good news with them. Generous spirit. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that having all sufficiency in all things. It's powerful right there. In all, say, in all things. That means all things. Then he says, at all times. In all things at all times you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely and given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower, bread for your food, he'll give you seed to sow, he'll give you bread or provision to live and, and enjoy life. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. He'll give you seed and he'll multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So we see that the blessing provision of God for us to be a, a generous people is what causes it. It's his blessing on our life. It's him being involved in our finances. Him being involved in, in our life causes us to be able to have the ability to be generous. And this generosity will cause thanksgiving from others to God. You will be such a blessing that you're causing thanksgiving in other people towards God, worshiping our Savior and God our Father. That's what happens. If you could read some of the letters that we've gotten just from single moms that the gift that we gave them at Christmas was it supplied a need. Some of them bought tires. Some of them needed food. And once we found that, we did more. But just to be a blessing to those in need that we can reach out and touch those that we can reach when they have an emergency and they've lost their job and and we can come with some benevolence and keep the utilities on that we can step in you know what happens thanksgiving to god our god is a mighty god he comes through but he's looking to us to give, to initiate this. He wants us to fill up that heavenly account. I had a dream the other, other day. I was, um, what's that? I was sharing it yesterday at the healing center for just a moment. And this, this dream, I never, I was in this house. I've never been or seen something this beautiful ellen was there we were uh, looking at this house and there's this uh, beautiful it's like a, a a cottage type you know uh entrance and, and we go in these in this door up these steps and this is beautiful it was a bath it was just the bathroom of the house beautiful bathroom it had windows that went from the floor to the ceiling all down one wall this thing was just I can't even describe how beautiful it was and um one of the people um I think it was Shiloh said that was your heavenly home it must have been I don't think anything anybody could build something like this on earth I, I want you to know be rich towards God you'll not regret it you're not one million years down the road oh I shouldn't have given that I shouldn't have done that you will be glad for all eternity what you give to God here on this earth that you're rich towards God because that's what it's about it's about 
giving. It's about blessing. It's about giving our lives to him who gave his life for us and then experiencing eternal life and experiencing the blessing of the Lord here. I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying that you're not going to have some times that you're tight even though you're a tither and you're a giver. There, we still have to walk by faith and not by sight. But the blessing of God will give you peace through every storm and you will see his hand come and still the waters and you'll walk across on dry land. Even though a giant may come against you, you'll find yourself with a slingshot and some stones in your hand and you'll find that you're a great shot all of a sudden and you'll take the giant out in Jesus' name. You'll find that you'll overcome because he's called you to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, we have more than we know. And we have been authorized and commanded to be like him and to be generous and to be a blessing. I believe, I believe, because I've heard this before in my spirit, that God would raise up millionaires in this church that would grasp hold of the giving nature of God to such an extent that their hand would bless everything that they touch would turn to gold and they would have businesses that would finance the kingdom of God. But I'm, I'm telling you, that doesn't happen by accident. If that's you, you got to pour your faith into it. And you got to start where you're at now. Oh, I'll start giving like that once I have it to give. No. That's like I'm going to have a baby once we have everything paid off. The car, the house, everything's in order. Baby, you're not having a baby. <laughs> And uh, congratulations to Charlotte and Chris. Great. Hallelujah. I found out after the meeting the other night, and I said I was going to give Charlotte a love slap. So I owe you one. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It didn't. Uh, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. That make more sense? Okay. It was in my head. It just didn't come out. Chris and Charlotte are pregnant. And we're excited about that. They've been praying, believing. So God is a good God. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and should give happily to those in need. Always be ready to share with others whatever God has given them. By doing this, they're storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It's the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. There's such a satisfaction of heart in obeying God. This investment is safe for all eternity, cannot be stolen. This is the investment that we need to be making sure we make. You need to be planning for your retirement. 
You need to see Zach Davis or these people, financial planners. Amen. You need to have a plan. But you need to have a plan to fill up that account in heaven too. You know, we're rich in America. All you got to do is go on the mission field, go to another country. The poor here are considered rich in most nations. We're blessed people. And we don't have to have 15 TVs and, you know, we can give. And that's, that's all up to the person. I, I told you last week about one of the biggest uh, uh, two houses I'd ever been in my life. One of them had a lake and just uh, tremendous. But I found that they were the biggest givers in the church. I found that one of them gave 40% of their income away. And uh, the first one, Ellen and I went, went uh, to his house, and I, you know, I'm just going, you, you go to our church? <laughs> I just never knew it. They invited us over to eat, went in, and I go, oh, my goodness, what a, what a place. I knew he was uh, uh, in the insurance business, I, but I had no idea seeing anything like this. And and he started sharing with me, and maybe he knew what I was thinking. I'm going, what? In the? And he started sharing how the Lord had taught him to tithe, and the Lord had put on him a giving heart. And he said, I give 40% of my income to the Lord. He said, next year will be more than that. And I said, God, forgive me for ever judging or thanking anyone, <laughs> anything else, you know. Because if they got the biggest hand, and the same one with the, the lake, I went fishing there many times on their like this huge, huge place. I knew he owned the, uh, a trucking company, and same thing. Some of the biggest givers you'd ever meet. So you can't, don't say, uh, you see somebody wealthy. They could be the biggest givers you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to stop there. I've got some uh, other stuff. I'm going to stop there and just uh, uh, let's look at the notes at the end here. It says, when you tithe, you're putting God first by giving the first 10% of your income to God through the local church. Important, take that step. Some people ask, you know, I'm really strapped, and uh, and I I I say do five percent to get you going if you need to do that. But but here's the thing: don't two years later still be at five percent. Now for me, I had to jump in. I mean, it wasn't going. The only way for me that was going to happen, I had to jump in the water. The water was already icy cold when I stuck my big toe in it 
And I knew uh, this was not going to happen for me unless I just jumped totally in. So that's what I did. And, uh, and the, the water warmed up after a little while. <laughs> so you, you seek, the, seek the Lord, but, but get the blessing of the Lord on your life. Put him first. God blesses your tithe and protects the remaining 90% of your income from the curse in the earth. So you can increase as you manage it responsibly. Don't think, well, I'm going to tithe and I'm going to be a giver and I don't need a budget. You need a budget. That's being a good steward. That's when I really got into budgeting. I thought I had a budget before. <laughs> and I jumped in the water to budgeting and kept up with it. And, and you need to have a budget. You got to be a responsible steward because that's part of it too. God wants to bless you. But you look at Scripture, he blesses the good steward. Well, I'm just not good with money, Pastor. Well, get with someone. Get some help. Talk to Dave Ramsey. Get, get, get his book and get someone to help you. Well, I'm the man of the house. I think I should keep the money and all this. Well, no. If your wife is bare at, let her. Whoever is the best should be doing that, and both of you should be in agreement. Next year, to move past just tithing to become a generous giver, living to be a blessing. Now, I know when I, we first started tithing, then I started hearing about above the tithe. I'm going, oh, my God. I just jumped in the water on this. <laughs> well, stay in the water there for a while. It's okay. But God will stir in your heart. You're not to stay there. And you have to intentionally make a decision, I'm going to start giving 11% or 12%. You make a decision, and God will bless it, and you start moving out on the water, and God will bless. And he'll do it because he said he'll give seed to the sower and increase your harvest. So it's, it's a faith thing. It's trust in him. God will supply seed for you to give and bread for your own provisions, so you can be enriched by the Lord, it says, in every way. See, the, the reward is more than just money. You can be enriched in every way. Yeah, that's what God wants in our lives. Let's bow our heads. This morning, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. And that is, for sure, your first step. He loves you so much. And he, let me say this, if you never tithe, God loves you. He still loves you. You just limit what he can do and how he can bless you. Because you have to obey him, trust him, and obey him. I mean, he loved you when you were a sinner. It said God so loved the world that he gave. Even when we were yet sinners, he demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to a cross to take our place. Of course, he loves you. He just wants you to be obedient 
that you can be rewarded by his hand of grace. But this morning, if you never made a decision for Christ, what do I mean? I mean you surrender your life. You give it all to him. You no longer want to be in control of your life because when you're in control, your life's out of control. So you want to surrender your life to him. And some of you need to surrender your savings account, your checking account, your finances to him. Jesus, I'm going to come back to salvation in just a minute. Jesus looks at your heart and sees what you put in the bucket. I just had a glimpse of him watching the, the widow woman put in her two mites. And Jesus watched. And Jesus blessed her by putting it in Scripture. But don't you know that woman was blessed? When you surrender your finances, that savings and checking account to the Lord, He's going to reward you. He's going to bless you. But whoever this is, you're trembling on the inside because you feel like the Lord asked you to give something and your savings account that you didn't intend to give and you feel like rebuking the devil. And I want to tell you, that was the Lord and he's going to reward you above what you can imagine. So be at peace and I command that fear to go in Jesus' name. Now, if you never accepted Jesus as Lord, I want you to make that decision right now. It's the greatest decision, decision that you can make. It's what will you do with Jesus? He died for you. He loved you. But you have to take the first step. If you'll take the first step and say, I want you to be the Lord of my life, he says, yes, I will be the Lord of your life. So if that's you this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift your hand. You'll never, ever be the same again. Everything will change from the inside. I'll not embarrass you. You don't have to come down. Just every, No one looking around, just slip up your hand and say, the Lord's tugging on my heart right now, and I want to receive Christ. Just slip your hand up, and we'll all pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you never, if you never done it, accepted him, it's one thing. But some of you are out of fellowship with God. You've walked away from him. But the Lord has given you opportunity to come back now. That's you. I also want you to lift your hand up. I'm going to pray. Okay. Yes. Let's pray. Everyone say, Dear God, thank you for Jesus who died for me, who took my place, 
who took my sins, took my guilt, took my shame. I love Jesus. I love you, Father. And I give you my life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I'll follow you all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me, touch me, empower me to live this life in honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand up. If that was that was you, I want to invite you down. Prayer partners, come down. I want to invite you down. And tell the person down here that I prayed this morning to accept Jesus. Or I prayed this morning for my fellowship to be restored. Why is it important to tell someone? Because the Bible says, don't be ashamed. Share it. Tell somebody what the Lord has done in your heart. It strengthens you. It does something to you. Also, someone has had problems with their, their hip, and God is wanting to heal and touch that hip. Somebody is going through the sinus junk. Know how that is? Come and receive, receive prayer. Somebody has a financial need, and that financial need, you need to come and receive prayer for it. I want you to know nothing is impossible. And God can turn that thing around. Come and receive agreement for that. There's another person that the Lord told you to plant a seed in the name of your child. You need to come and receive receive prayer. Because God will enrich you in all ways. And that pertains to your family. Release your faith in me to touch and change. Because I will have liberty to send labors across their path, and they will be changed. Hallelujah. How many are believing for their child? Just lift your hand. Ask the Lord what you would have me do. Just ask right now. Well, Pastor, are you saying we're buying? No, we're not buying. We're putting God first, and we're releasing our faith for Him to touch your child, to enrich you in all things. There is is anointing for salvation right now. So I I would ask the Lord what seed to plant. Because I want my child to have a turnaround and to be saved and changed or restored in the fellowship. Bow your heads. I'm gonna pray for just a moment. I, I know I'm, I'm. It feels like I'm dragging this out, but. If you felt what I felt on the inside, you would understand. And I, I rebuke the voice of the enemy who would try and steal this opportunity that you have. 
there, there are moments of corporate anointing. That's what this is, that you have to move on then. So I rebuke the fear. I rebuke the thing that would hinder you from taking this step. Because you've longed for it, you've prayed for it, you've sought me. But I'm telling you, in obedience to the step that I'm asking you to take, there will be a turnaround and there will be a change that will stagger you. So receive and believe. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.